Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker. And we have Brett Howling, the founder of GigWorker, again to talk about his entrepreneurship journey and the kind of market downturns he's witnessed over the years. And I want to talk about your entrepreneurship journey and, and what kind of market downturns have you faced? Like, you know, you're buying these businesses, because obviously you're putting yourself at risk, as we all are when you when you buy a business, right? You're buying this coffee business, you put 100, 150,000 in it, whatever your number is, you've got this. And now coffee's not going anywhere. It's like alcohol. Like last time I checked, I'm, you know, I drink more coffee than I do alcohol for the most part. You know, so I can't fully give you my, my numbers there, but for the most part, I drink more coffee than alcohol. But the, like what it was for any kind of like market downturns that you face, like can, let, talk to me about your journey there. Oh man. Um, yeah, there's been quite a few. So the big one was COVID with my, you know, these websites that I'm building, they take years to build and really put a moat around them. So to get Ridester to the point where it's at now took a lot of work, a lot of money and a lot of time. And that, that's been five, six years in the making. And so now if somebody tries to compete with me, it's, it's definitely doable. I, I'm not getting ignorant and cocky and saying that that's not a possibility, but I have, a, I think, a moat around it because what I've done is somewhat hard to replicate. And I have 13 websites now, most of which I bought in the past year alone. And so anyways, um, Reister's one of my biggest sites. GigWorker was definitely poised to outgrow Reister very quickly until COVID hit and Google changed their algorithms. So when they did that, based on, you know, human behavior shifted and, Ridester took a huge hit. People weren't taking Ridester rides. So my income pretty much went to zero. And um, luckily I had been sitting on some cash. So I started buying all these websites when people were panic selling and I stayed the course. And now that site is coming back. It's roaring back and gig workers growing again. And I now sitting on a bunch of assets, digital assets and websites that I'm going to grow. And that will really, really, really take off. Hopefully um in all of that then with the gig worker thing i had a business partner and he ended up screwing me over and that was kind of in the midst of all of that i bought him out in may of last year and that's when covid was really kind of just ravaging my business so <laughs> i uh, i had a lot of sleepless nights but i kind of just learned you know it is what it is you control what you control stay healthy exercise um and just keep your head above water and do what you got to do. So those are two of the big ones. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, man. I, I think, you know, it's funny. And 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 I always would laugh about this, about being an entrepreneur and and people that I've talked to when I was younger. And even now, sometimes where people are like, yeah, I really want to be an entrepreneur. It's like, man, you just, you make money, you, you own the thing. It's all yours. And this, and I'm like, you do, you do, you do own it and you do get the money when it's great. And guess what? When you get punched in the face, guess who gets punched in the face? It's not an employee. It's you. And guess what? When COVID hits, this thing called COVID that nobody knows about, when this thing called Corona, which used to be a beer, and now it's a, something that you can get and die from, like a lot of things change. And then guess what? Guess who's holding the bag? It's you, right? And you don't realize how that's going to affect your business. And I think that's what people don't realize is being an entrepreneur is like, the you know, we talk about this journey and I'm using, so it's because it's a obviously podcast you can't see, but the, this journey of, you know, I'm using my finger up and down. It, 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 there's no way to know which way it's going to go. And I think 
having a downturn, especially you're like, man, sites are going good, sitting on some money, you buy some other websites because you're like, shoot, I, you know, I don't know if this thing's ever going to, the site's going to ever come back, right? I'm down to zero. I've got to invest in some other stuff. Obviously you did. And now that's starting to come back. Business is coming back and you've got some other assets that you're going to grow. I mean, I think that's, that's awesome. But that's when you know that you're an entrepreneur. When your money goes down to zero, well, you know, monthly money, and you take the rest of the money that you have and you go and invest in more entrepreneurial stuff. A lot of people that was like, like, I'm out. I'm going to go get some kind of a, this thing called a job. I'm going to go work for somebody. I, there's, you know, this is like, this is too scary, you know, and, and those sleepless nights will, will challenge you. I've been there many times. I mean, there's been many times where I just like, man, how do I get out of this thing? Like, how did I get into it? And then how do I get out? Like, what, what is that process? Like, what do we need to do there? So I love that, man. I, I, you know, I don't love the fact that your site went down to zero. I love the fact that you were able to, to pivot and get out of there and say, hey, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double, triple down on this thing. I'm going to go ahead and buy some other stuff and, and get it going. And so the only downside is that each one takes you know, a year to three years to build, which is fine, you know, time and resources and money, which I'm sure you, you're getting some of that back. And so you'll build those up. I can't wait to, to hear more about those, those sites as you, as you continue to grow them. So so what, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about like, what are some of the early signs that a particular, like any industry, um, I mean, how can an industry know, like COVID, we didn't know, COVID was like literally left field, it hit the world, we're like, what the hell just happened? Are there any usually like early signs that businesses or particular industries can can look at when, when and start to feel that there's going to be a particular, like a downturn? Um. Yes, yeah, so I mean, two, two things there with with COVID, if somebody looked at me and told me seriously that I should have been able to predict that that's, that's absurd. Um, mm -hmm. That's so such an act of God, an unprecedented event that just hopefully we only see once in our lifetime. But yeah, that's, that's something that any everybody should be sitting on cash if they can. So as a business owner, I probably should have hoarded more. But, you know, it is what it is. That, that was my big takeaway from COVID is when people panic, you can stay the course and not lose that much sleep over it. Um, when it comes to big things, discretionary spending. So I know a guy who owns a window washing company and he can always tell we're going to go into a recession if people stop cleaning the windows on their businesses and in their houses. Because something like that, if they don't have money for to clean their windows at their business they probably don't have money for other things mm. so i always try to look at things like that and then just you know that's a bit of a hard question to answer because i've never thought about it i'm always on the proactive side of it and if if something does happen what am i going to do so i plan for the worst and hope for the best and that's, and honestly, that's why you had money stashed away. I mean, you, we always wish we had more, right? That's always, we would always love to have more. I mean, they get right. at any point, but the thing is, is that's the reason why you had that stashed away. You know, I, I think that was probably something I was going to ask you next is like, how do you prepare for a potential downturn? Right. I mean, obviously having a, you know, a, a shoebox of money is always helpful. I mean, what other things, what other things can you do to prepare for something like that? I mean, COVID, once again, COVID is like so an anomaly. We can't even put it in the conversation because you can't. But anything, let's say if we are preparing for a COVID type situation or preparing for a downturn or something like that, like what what have you learned a, other than cash? Is there anything else that you can recommend to the audience? Yeah, um, a big one for me was I, I try to separate success from ego. 
So this is one that's probably not really taught in business schools, but I think it absolutely should. I, there was a while there for years. I felt like, you know, I had the Midas touch. It's no matter what I started or what I did, or, you know, it, it just turned to gold and it was great. And then one day it didn't, and I didn't know why. And this was before COVID and, you know, there were some things like Uber, for example, they were paying thousands of dollars for each driver I referred. Well, one day they just cut off their program and said, sorry. And that income dried up, um, you know, so I think it would be easy to, in those times when things are good to really think that, you know, you, you need to be confident in your choices. And in, when you think 10 years ahead, you need to be confident in that. So you can actually commit to those choices you, you put in goals you set for yourself, but in the process, stuff could hit the fan real quick and you're left holding the bag and, that ego you had before, you'll get humbled very quickly. So I think that's a big one that people need to, you know, I, I've been humbled a few times in my life and it's not, it's not a fun thing to do. No, no, I, I have, I have too. You know, there's, there's definitely been times in my career where, you know, things are going good. I am, um, you know, for me, I feel very fortunate. I've always felt very, you know, with my, my journey of, of what it's been because I, the, just the, the amount of different things from owning a bar to, you know, having one of my companies I built to 25 million in two years, like, you know, which was a crazy journey. Of course, I was, That's you touched awesome. on something earlier, which resonated with me is like, you know, just making sure you're working out and doing things. I was at that point, 30 pounds overweight. I was drinking energy drinks. I was doing anything to stay up an extra two hours. I was working 20 hours a day. I mean, I was, I was a beast, but I was literally making my bed to lie in it to die. Like I was literally heading that direction. Like that was not, there was no, I just, you know, my family, let's put it this way. When, when things ended up ending in that business, my family was like, I, my mom came to me and said, I'm actually glad that, that, that you're no longer doing that business. Cause I thought you were going to die. I mean, that's how hard I was because I would grind hard. And I'm like, listen, I'm not people, this and that I, I go hard in the paint. That was my only thing was like, hey, I'm going to make this thing. It's, I'm going to blow this thing up. And I did. Um, but it was also a crazy industry and it's a whole nother, I don't have enough time to tell that story. But what's, what's interesting to me is I just think the fact of like, um, un, like appreciating what you have and that, you know, in, in understanding that we're very blessed in the positions that we are, but it's the, it's the good things and the bad things that make us who we are today. And so I think when we start, you know, you got the Midas touch and all of a sudden nothing can go wrong. And then you get, you know, you know, I think Mike Tyson is the one who said, he says, you know, we all have a plan until we get punched in the face. Yep. And it's like, that's my favorite that's, quote. It is. Cause it really is. It's like, man, this is great. Everything's awesome. Wait, I just got punched in the face. Where am I? What's going on? What just happened? Wait, what, what just happened? Like, you know, it, it's a weird deal. And I think, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, you know, we all have these humbling moments of things that happen that I think kind of ground us again and take us back to like, Ooh, we got to, all right, we gotta, I gotta be humble again. I gotta, you know, not, not everything I touch turns to gold, you know, Google, thanks for the update. You know, that was super awesome. Now that I'm back down to zero, this is, you know, not, nobody has ever said that, but you know, after it, it's like, well, now I got to figure out how I can pivot and how I can do something different. So I do think those things happen in our lives for certain reasons, right. At certain times as well, because we start to think we're untouchable or something like that. And then, you know, something happens and you go, whoop, all right, time to go back to, to Humbleville and eat a little bit of pie. And then I got to go back up and, and, you know, start building some other things and, and make it happen. But that's what makes us entrepreneurs, right? That's makes us strong because of, I think my failures in, in businesses have, have like been the foundation for my, what I am today, better than my successes. Like my successes, there's definitely things there, but there's been some failures 
that I was like, damn, that's a, that's a big lesson. Like I got to really take that one in because that was big because maybe it was, we had investors or maybe whatever it was, right? Like, and, and I, each one of those, I learned something from that to make it. So today, you know, I feel that I've, I've got, a, you know, a good base in a lot of different things and a good knowledge base. And, and once again, I'm very humble and I'm very appreciative, also very healthy, making sure that I take care of myself on that side too. You know, I don't want to die because you can't take your money with you when you die from what I hear. I mean, from what I've learned from the research I've done. Um, and I think you touched on a, a good point there with, you know, iron sharpens iron and there's something to be said about, about pivoting, like being in the toughest point where you, you can't pay the bills, you don't know what you're going to do and you pivot and the confidence you get from that is just like, dang right, I did that. And yeah. then when you come across a challenge later, like I like to run. So I did a half marathon once without training whatsoever, just to see if I could do it. And it was like, oh yeah, this is no big deal for me. Cause it's like mentally I've been in just the worst situations I, I could ever even imagine. And I have to claw my way out of that. And then it's like, oh yeah, I can just go run 13 miles. That's no big deal. And then it's like, it's a mental thing. So when I face a challenge or I get stressed, I'm like, is that really something I should stress about? I've been, you know, where everything's been stripped away from me. Like, do I really need to worry about the traffic? No, I've got other things I can, you know, channel my yeah. emotional energy towards. So I love that, man. It, it's perspective. That's really what it comes down to. Cause we, yeah, yeah. I, you, you get, you get really tied up and I get really tied up in, there'll be something that I'll, that I'll be like stressed about. I'll tell my wife or tell somebody. And I, in my head, I'm like, that is such a first world problem. Like your, your problem is what? Like you're, you're worried about traffic or you're worried about like, oh my gosh, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was, you know, I can't do this. And I did this, my, my thing from Amazon didn't get delivered. Like, I don't, what am I going to do? And it's like, what? It's deodorant, bro. Like you're going to be fine. You're inside. Nobody's going to see you anyways. If you smell like a dog, who cares? Like, right. It's like, and that's a terrible example, but you get my point. Like it is very humbling. And I think it's important to really think about like, like how, like, how lucky we are, I guess, right? And how lucky for the successes that we've had and failures and what we've been able to build, I think is, is awesome. And the fact for me, my big thing now is being able to give back. And that's like doing the SBA stuff, be able to help businesses. Cause I really, I don't, um, not that I don't need money but it's not my number one play anymore. Like it used to be my number one thing. Now it's like, what can I do to not necessarily leave a legacy, but to give back? Like, what can I do to like take my superpowers that I have, right? And not really superpowers, but my knowledge and what can I do to help people? So um, I like that, man. You and I have a very similar journey because I, I was a runner as well, um, you know, for a long time. In fact, my old website talked about me being a runner. Now I did train for the half marathon. So you, I'm a little envious of the fact that you didn't train. People lied to me and told me that I had to train. So I didn't know. Did you make it? You make the whole 13.1 or what? Oh, I did. Yeah. I couldn't walk for like a week. So I, I did another one this year and I had trained pretty aggressively for it. So it was like, it's much better. You, you should train for it, but. Okay. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure because people were, I know. People no, no, were no. Like, you, you got good advice there. Because <laughs> I was like, what? What do you mean? I guess just woke up and done it. I probably would have finished too, but I probably would have been bleeding from internally and, and externally. And I probably would have been close to dying, but I would have made it and it would have been great podcast story. Um <clears throat> <laughs> My last question for you before we jump into the the, uh, the fun section of the podcast, are, do you think, are there any industries that you can think of that have little or no no dirt, uh, no uh, uh, market dirt down, downturn? If I can say that right, like I'm I'm just trying to th I was thinking like alcohol. I mean, there's some things like is there anything you can think of? I'm just curious because your mind works very different of like that has will have like little or no downturn. 
trucking is one. Mm. Um, like huge capital intensive industries that are very commoditized, they have downturn, but it's very hard for them to. So my, one of my friends runs a trucking company here in town and they have 275 trucks. If you know anything about trucking companies, that's a very small trucking company, but it's still like, it's a step above the family truck. Like, you know, yeah. just have, you know, maybe 10, 20 trucks, but it's far below like a Werner who's based in Omaha or a, you know, big, huge company. Um, but trucking is, is a big one that just, it's very hard to get into and stuff will always need to be moved. Um, yeah. Other than that stuff with huge brand names like Coca-Cola, uh, other than that, there's a lot that can get hit. Yeah. Well, people are realizing that after COVID because you're like, ah, I think I'm kind of exempt. You're like, well, not fully exempt because guess what? We got yep. this thing <laughs> that could come up and smack you in your face and make you kind of wake you up a little bit. Um, trucking. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. And I, I, you know, trucking obviously is something that's, that's always going to be needed because we got to move things from point A to point B, especially now with the supply chain and COVID and all that kind of stuff, like just lumber and everything is just insane right now. Like just the cost of, of commodities, a lot of commodities are in, through the roof. It's kind of crazy. So, all right. So we've made it to what we call the fun section. Um, I always hate calling it the fun section. I say this almost every time because I'd like to think that we had some fun before this. I mean, I'm not, we're not, not this isn't like, the, yeah, I mean, this isn't like, you know, Disneyland or anything, but I feel like, you know, we're, we're moving in that direction, right? We got some, some blood flowing. We found out that you have to make sure that you're going to train for marathons or you won't walk <laughs> for a few days after that, right? I mean, just little, little things, little snippets of knowledge that you're bringing to the table. So my questions are usually the same for every podcast guest because I'm, I'm always intrigued about people. If you could travel to one place in the world for free, where would that be? And once again, I'm fitting the bill, my friend. I've got my little MasterCard out or Visa or God knows, whatever one that I have the least amount of money on. I'm going to throw that down on you. And what are we going to do? Where, where are we going? I would go on an expedition to the North Pole. Mm. and To go find Santa? No. Uh, well, maybe he's up there. I don't know. I don't know anybody that have been up there. So, And I know it's very expensive to go. So I'd, I'd love you to foot the bill for that. Yeah, thanks. So I, and now I feel even closer to you because I was going to go move to Omaha and come say hi. And now I'm going to pay for you to go to go see Santa Claus. So that's awesome. I'm not opposed to that, man. If it, if, if let's put it this way, if Groupon does a two for one deal, I'll join you. How about that? We'll just I'll, go together. I'll call you up. Yeah. Go, see go that. find Santa. That'd be awesome. North, that's, you're all about the, the, the heavy, you, you want to put in some work, huh? You didn't, you don't want to go to like Hawaii and lay on the beach. You're like, no, I want to go and have to wear like heavy equipment and stuff like that and potentially die. I like that. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, that's no. You, you I've been to guess, Hawaii too, so. <laughs> yeah, but you're like, no, nah, I'd rather put on like a suit and be, you know, where it's minus 38 degrees every night or something like that, where people die on a daily basis. I love it, man. You're you're an adventurer. I love that about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly probably cold, but exhilarating as well. So, what would be if you had any choice of a superpower? What would your superpower be? Ooh. Um... Reading people's minds, oh, I yeah. think that'd be, that'd be clutching a negotiation. That would be huge. Well, and do you remember that? What was the one with Mel Gibson? Where uh, What a girl likes, what a girl wants, something where what he was girl, reading. What women want, is that what it was called? Yeah, something like that. Something where he like was that, re yeah. Reading all the girls' minds. And my wife loves that movie. So I, I watch it like I don't even know how often. But yeah, like it was like, yeah, it was a poor guy, man. You got to hear everything. You heard that he was a jerk and just all kinds of Mel Gibson just 
Man, but that was, but I get you. I think reading people's minds, especially in negotiations, I think that would be super helpful. You know, you're like, I know what I'm going to say next because I know what you're thinking and this is going to be super easy. Um, it would have to be conditional on selectivity though. So I don't ah, want to hear what people are thinking of me all the time. I just, I, I would have to turn it on and off. Ah, so you have the little button. Yeah. Cause Mel couldn't do that. He, he didn't no, have that option. No. He had, he had to go electrocute himself, which is yep. kind of interesting. That's one way to do it. I can't say that would work or not work, but um, I do. I like that off switch or mild reading or heavy reading, no reading. You want to take the day off and not hear what people are thinking. I like that. So what would be, what about any favorite books or podcasts and that would, you know, shaped your career, your personality, anything, anything good there? What do we got? Um, I am currently reading the seven uh, habits of highly effective people mm. by Stephen Covey or Covey. Yeah. That is helping me really work on things that can drive the most value for my business. And uh, a bit of an experience share here. So I just got back from Cancun uh, last week. I was in Cancun, found a great deal on Costco of all things, and kind of just did the all-inclusive resort down there. And I was sitting by the pool and meetings were popping up and I, I took them. And then afterward, I, I just was sitting there thinking, why did I do that? And um, so what I'm now thinking about is not just my business, like how to automate, how to scale, do all those things. But I also need to think of how my personal life, I, I need to guard that and guard my time. So I, I've worked, you know, 17 hours a day for months now. And it just, it doesn't, it's not fun. And I'm getting burned out. So I, I had a bit of a revelation uh, in Cancun about just really trying to think how, what I want my life to become. So it's probably a deeper answer than you were looking for, but <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, what's funny to me, man, like we, so the, what's funny to me is that you and I are, I'm on that kind of same journey and I've hit it a few times of like, what, am, what am I really looking for? Is it, is it more money? Not really. Is it a legacy? Eh, not really. Like what, like really, what am I want to do? Like, how do I, because I look at my time, what I used to be working my 20 hour days was I just got to keep going. Like I can't make enough money yet. There's no, there's no stop. There's no boundaries. There's no pop. There's no, and now I look at things totally opposite and I go, you know what, how do I want to spend my time? Right. And, and, and so now I really protect my hours, my time of my day. And I do that by, you know, blocks and stuff like that. But I, there's times when I'll go in spurges and I'll work my long hours. And I say long hours, I mean, probably eight hours, sometimes nine, but I've really protected my private time or my, my personal time for whatever I want to do. It's massages, it's this, it's that, it's camping, it's this. It's difficult to do when you have a mindset like, like we do of this kind of like, got to keep going, you got to buy more, you got to do more. There's, there'll be a point, and that's why when you said, hey, I've got these you know, 11 websites, and I was like, that's awesome. But then in my back of my head, I also thought, man, that's like, that's just a lot of work. And I'm not saying you can't do it because I think if anybody can do it, you can. I just know for me, once again, it's like, you know, I, I am, we're going to talk outside of the podcast because you and I have too many parallels, like, which is really interesting to me. And, and I think that, um, you know, as you talked about iron sharpens iron and or steel sharpens steel or whatever the, the term is, I think there could be something interesting. But before we jump off, um, I want like, if anybody wants to get in contact with you or wants to reach out to you, um, how can they get, how can they get in contact with you? Um, either LinkedIn, uh, my name is Brett Helling, or uh, just shoot me an email at brett at gigworker.com. That's B-R-E-T-T 
at G-I-G-W-O-R-K-E-R.com. And I love helping people, um, whether you're just looking to get in or have an idea and want to run it by me. I, I, I'm a big fan of, of helping others out. Thanks, Brett, for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you. If you're listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe. It's one of the top marketing and business podcasts on iTunes. Thank you, listeners. I'll be back with another interesting conversation on the Marketing Growth Podcast next week, so stay tuned.